You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. So my question for you is, have you ever wanted to quit on your calling? Now, I'm not saying quit on salvation. Like most people don't say, I'm going to give up on Jesus and heaven. Most people slowly start to take their foot off the gas and quit on calling because calling and purpose requires sacrifice and often pain. And so when you give your life away to serve other people and have it not just be about you, over time you can become weary. And Paul here is talking about pressing on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of him. And I wanna hit on that strong today. Uh, Renata and I spent 16 years in Colorado and we were intern directors. And so you just saw interns up here. And so uh, that's uh, been a part of my life for 20 years. And, and so one of the things that we would often do was take our interns up Pikes Peak. And so it was called Bar Trail. And you would start in Manitou Springs and you would hike up Bar Trail, summit at the top of Pikes Peak, approximately 13 miles. The, at the very top, you were going back and forth, kind of a zigzag. And it was extremely hard. You thought I'd say awesome. Both. And, and at the halfway point, what we would do is we would take a break and that's where we would eat lunch, although it felt like breakfast because we would start when it was dark. And so you're eating breakfast, lunch, maybe around nine, all right? And so it's this awkward moment where you're, you're, you're drenched in sweat, you're cold, but you're hot, and you're so tired, you're, in, you're just in pain. It's just everything miserable and wonderful at the same time because you're so proud of yourself for how far you've come. And you're like, ooh, I am awesome. I have done this. Look at me. And then you think about going any further and you're like, God, rescue me right now. (laughs) If ever there was a day that Jesus would return, this is it. My feet hurt. My body hurts. Oh, God, do I really have to finish this? At least that was my prayer. (laughs) And my prayer was frequently, oh, God, help me because everything inside of me wanted to finish except my body was tired. And I often would allow students that were actually physically unable to finish to go back. And I wanted to join them except for I was the leader. And so uh, did the leader go back? Because then, you know, it's really hard. And so I always had to, and here's the language, press on, press ahead, keep going, even though it is difficult and hard and challenging. And then of course, there's nothing like when you get to the top, and you look out and it's beautiful. And all of a sudden, you don't even know everybody at the top, but you're hugging them because you're like, what's up? We did it. What's up? Who are you again? Oh, I love you. You know, like, we did this. We just hiked up Pikes Peak 13 miles. And I don't even know your name, but I love you. You know, like, we did this together. And Paul is talking here in this language of the Christian journey being kind of like a race. It's... It's this pressing on, this, I don't necessarily feel, it's not necessarily what I'm emotionally sensing, but he's, he's giving this, this hint, which is beautiful because he's just made the most beautiful statement. 
I mean, we, last week, I mean, it's like poetry just flowing. I want to know Christ. I want to share in his sufferings, being like him. I mean, you're just like, oh yeah, it's like romantic and amazing. Like, I just want to know Christ. It's incredible. And it's kind of nice to then have him go into this and it's hard. And it is challenging. Like, I press on. And it's this language today of a race. It's this language of, I, I press on, and this Christian journey, it is awesome, and it's this wonderful relationship, and I do enjoy God enough, and I am committed enough, I'm united in Christ enough that I want to share in his sufferings, but I have to press on because it's hard. And you imagine Paul sitting in the Roman prison cell, and it is not a, just a bed of roses. It is hard. It is like, I press on. I, I feel exhausted. I've been beaten with rods. I've been whipped. I've been snake bit. This is hard. But I press on. And today, my passion for us is that some of that resolution would get in us, though it is challenging. <laughs> and sometimes in American life with Christianity, it can kind of feel like with all that we have, all the podcasts, all the stuff for our kids, all the bumper stickers, all the songs, every song you could imagine on Spotify, 10,000 different worship bands singing songs to us. Ah! You can't, don't even have time to memorize all the songs. I mean, we live in this kind of perpetual, this is great, this is wonderful, but here is the reality of Paul. It's hard. Like the, the Christian journey, this contending to the end, this, this, this walk with Christ, it is awesome and it is new life and it is amazing and we do get Christ, but even Paul who wants to finish to the end is using the language of, I, have to, I, I press on. I, I press on, on the, in the calling that Christ has for me. I, I choose to move forward. And I love, I'm gonna give a lot of sports language today so the sports enthusiast is gonna feel good. And all of you sports fans, you are in good company because oftentimes Paul, he uses language of sports as he explains what it's like to follow Jesus and what it's like to finish your calling. So let me just read a couple of those because it's kind of fun. First Corinthians 9.26, he compares it to boxing. He says, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. So he's saying, I'm like really in the ring. It's not like I'm just faking it. I'm really in the ring. And then he's Ephesians 6, 12. He says to the church in Ephesus, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. He's talking about the spiritual battle that we're in. And he's talking about the language of, of wrestling. You've got 2 Timothy 4 when he comes to the end of his life. I mean, this is one of the last statements that Paul makes speaking to young Timothy, and he talks about boxing and a race. He says, I have fought the good fight. He's talking about an actual fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. To the Galatians, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Church in Corinth, chapter nine, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. And so... Paul's clearly a sports fan of his day, first century. He's going wrestling, boxing, running. They didn't have the NFL. It was a hard season to be alive. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's trying to explain as he talks to these churches what it's like. And he's talking about running, boxing, rest. It's, it's there's, I press on because the whole idea and the sports analogy is, is apart from how I feel, I press on. Though my body is tired, I want to win the prize. I have a goal. So I just thought I'd read to you a, a Vince Lombardi quote, just since it's Sports Sunday around here, all right? 
he says this. Okay, just for those of you that are new with your Bibles, this is an NFL coach. This is not the scripture, but ha! What, what did he say? I like that verse. All right. That was my favorite one. Who was that? Came out of first opinions. All right. Um, <laughs> Vince Lombardi said, I firmly believe that any man's finest hour, the greatest fulfillment of all that he holds dear is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted on the field of battle victorious, right? And so this is kind of Paul's Vince Lombardi moment. He's saying, here's, here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm laying my life down. I'm, I'm, I'm giving everything I have. I want to stand before Jesus and I want to have pressed on. I don't want to quit. I don't want to stop. And he uses this language right here where he says, I press on. All right, I press on, that's the language, to take hold. I want you to see that. To take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. All right, so that's kind of a hard way to say it, but let's, let's think about kind of what he's saying there. I press on to take hold of that, the thing that Christ took hold of me for. So if you remember back in Acts chapter nine, we get the story of Jesus taking hold of Paul. So Paul is out persecuting the church. He's out trying to destroy the church. Jesus appears to Paul. Later, Paul would just, is described as brighter than the sun, bright light, audible voice. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Boom. All of a sudden, he falls off his donkey. All of a sudden, everything's different. He's blind. He goes into the city and Ananias comes to him. And Jesus spoke to Ananias and said, he's a chosen instrument. Go tell him what I have for him. I want to use him as a chosen instrument to reach the Gentiles. So Jesus has a plan for Paul. Paul's on his way to persecute Christians. Jesus has a better plan. Jesus arrests him, takes hold of him, gets him, goes after him. And then Ananias says, here, Jesus spoke to me. Here is the plan for your life. So Jesus took hold of you so that you could go be a chosen instrument to the Gentiles. Now, in that context, that's where Paul is saying to the church in Philippi, Jesus took hold of me. I wanna take hold of what he took hold of me for. He he saved me. I mean, he surprised me. And he wanted me to fulfill a calling. He wanted me to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. He wanted me to go reach the Gentile world. I'm a chosen instrument. And so when he's giving the language of I press on, he's saying, I have what? What, is, what does he have in mind? He's got in mind my calling. Hey, I got to press on. I got to, I got to, he took hold of me so that I might take hold of them. That I might, that I might fulfill what he wants me to, I got, I'm going to press on. Yeah, but Paul, that'll mean you'll be shipwrecked and beaten with rods and, you know, in prison. All right. I'm going to press. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to stand before God one day and I'm going to, I'm going to have taken hold of it. My prayer for you is that you would so pray, so wrestle with the scriptures, so be in community, so talk to God that you could articulate what God has called you to do. I 
am a chosen instrument. God has a purpose, a calling for me. And our dream at Radiant Church is that it would be filled with people who are not merely attending church. That's awesome. But that you could say it and that you could discover your purpose and you could talk about it. Man, I... I, I press on, <laughs> like, like for me to lay down my life, for me to make a difference, for me to lay down my life for other people, it's, that's, that's, that I have to, pre- I mean, I, it's not that I want to quit on Jesus. No, most people don't want to quit on that. <laughs> Grateful, hey, I got salvation, awesome. I got new life in Christ. And then we mostly just think about what's called glorification. One day I'm going to be with him forever. And then this middle part, it's easy to marinate. But Paul right here is talking about, I am pressing on. I want to be more like Christ. I want to look more like my Savior. And I want to fulfill the purpose that he has in my life, that I would take hold of everything that he has for me. But here's the challenge. To do that means dying to self day after day. And Paul says that I die every day. That's the way he talks about his life. I die every day to me so that I can become more like Jesus and I can fulfill the mission of Jesus. And his specific mission for me was that I might be a chosen instrument to the Gentiles. And he has a specific thing that he has for you. There's something that God has for you. Most of the time, we don't quit on Christ, but we quit on calling. So like, hey, to lay my life down and let's just say, God's called me to reach the poor. Well, that's going to rearrange how I live my life. Or maybe there's a, you're a chosen instrument to help young kids come to know Jesus. Or you're a chosen instrument that every tongue, tribe, and nation might know, and you're called to make a difference overseas. Or maybe there's a part of you where you're called to help disciple young people, or you're called to be an equipper. But if you do the small group thing, then sometimes people come, sometimes people don't, sometimes people make fun of you, sometimes small group goes bad, sometimes it's just weird, sometimes really weird people come over to my house, and that's hard. And so I just quit on the whole thing, Right? I certainly don't want to go to that serve day because then I might end up at a weird person's house mowing a weird person's yard. Ah, you know, like. Because in our culture, I mean, we hate awkward, but let me tell you. If we were to explain to Paul why we quit on our calling, we would talk about mostly social awkwardness. And he's sitting in a Roman prison cell going, excuse me? What is that? Here, let them take me out and beat me again. Here's the reality. I want to invite you today to say, God, I want to get real. Have I quit on my calling? Maybe you haven't quit, but you're not pressing on. You've just, you're called to go 75 miles an hour, but you're going 15. Like, God. Because Paul talks this way, like, man, one day I'm going to stand before Christ, and I want to take hold. I'm going to take hold of why he took hold of me. God took hold of you. Jesus saved you. He brought you. He picked up all my pieces, put me back together. That's what we're talking about right there. I didn't know either. I thought it was Humpty Dumpty. I was like, what is the song? I was like, somebody explain the song to me. All right, you, you restored me, right? Sorry, that was weird. That was a youth pastor coming out. Forgive me. It's been a youth conference all week, so let me put my grown-up face back on. Hmm, all right. He rescued you. He took hold of you. Why? Why? Because you've got a calling. You've got a call to press on. And Paul here, he's going, I press on. And it is hard. It is not always easy. It is not always $5 Starbucks and a beautiful day. It is sometimes worse than that. (laughs) 
right? <laughs> so I want to invite you to get deep in your heart. Last week, what I wanted you to get deep in your heart was, I want to know Christ. That's verse 10. This week, I want you to add verse 12 and 14. I want you to get up. I press on. I press on. Not everything's perfect. It is not hunky-dory. It is not always beautiful. But I am redeemed. I have been saved by Christ. I have a purpose. I will stand before him one day, and boy, do I want to win that prize. Boy, just kind of like compared to a race. I want to stand before him, and I'm not going to have quit on the race. I'm not quitting on that calling. Man, I'm going to, I want to stand before God. And it is not your strength. It is his strength, but it is you being a willing one that says, I'm willing. God, give me strength. God, give me your grace. By your grace, by your strength, I won't quit. My prayer for us today is that there would be hundreds of people in this room that lock in with, I have a calling. I'm not gonna quit. My dad is, as you know, you know, really the one who's really discipled me my whole life. And um, I'll never forget being in junior high and we would meet every week and, and, and most of the time I talked to you about what was going on in my journey. Um, but there was also a challenging pastorate going on in his life. And so he would open up to me, you know, and I'm in the eighth grader and I'd look back at him and I'd say, well, dad, I'll tell you what I think you should do with the board. You know, like, I'll say this guy and, and here's the Bible. I mean, you know, I was like eighth grade opinionated and, but here's what my dad would do, uh, whenever we would talk about the challenges. He'd come to the end of his sentence and he, he said a phrase like all the time where he would say, okay, straight ahead, Jesus is still Lord. And we'd go get in the car. Or we'd be driving in the car. So-and-so's upset. They're fighting over the carpet. This guy wants me fired. Straight ahead. Jesus is still Lord. Oh, you know, I had these people that left the church and told me what they thought of me. It was a hard Sunday. Straight ahead. Jesus is still Lord. Like a broken record I heard all through junior high, this phrase, straight ahead, Jesus is still Lord. That is Hal Perkins' version of I press on. It's like, it's like he said, straight ahead, Jesus still, Lord. But what he meant was, I press on. I press on. Like I'm Princess Bride, you know. My sweet Wesley, you know. Remember that? As you wish. But what, she meant, what he meant was, I love you. It's just the same, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. What he meant was, I press on. I press on good days, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> and the bad days. <laughs> I told you it was a long week of bolt. And what, I, what, I, what I'm praying is that you would begin to ask God, God, what have I quit on? Like, I haven't quit on Christ, but what have I quit on? Have I quit on relationships? Am I just too wounded? So I am looking back. They've wounded me. I'm done. I, I ain't risking again. Have I quit on prayer? Well, so-and-so overstated it. This person, I don't even know what I think. How's God sovereign? How does God free will work? Uh, have we quit on serving? Oh, there's someone else that can do that. I'll just, 
What have you quit on? What's the peace that you're called to take hold? What have you quit on? I just want you to ask God between you and the Lord. What have you quit on? <laughs> if you just be raw, you and Jesus. Okay, God, I want to press on. I don't want to quit. Where? Where, where have I quit on my calling? I want to give you a few ideas that I see in this text. One is this. Paul has, he's cultivated holy discontentment. And I just love this phrase where he's saying, not that I've already tamed all this. I haven't. And he says this phrase, I haven't arrived. Not that I've already tamed all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on. And I love that because here's Paul and he's saying, I'm not perfect like Christ and I haven't finished my calling, but I press on. That's our story. Some of us, we don't have that discontentment. We've just cruising so long, we don't even feel that. And not, not that I have already obtained all this or I've already accomplished my goal. We don't, you, you, it's hard for you to even articulate your goal. It's hard to even articulate your prayer goal, hard to articulate your discipleship goal, hard to articulate your serving goal, hard to articulate what, what, what God's called you. You just, it's just, it's not there. But there's this discontentment in Paul where he goes, mm, I haven't arrived yet. And I love, I lo would love for this to be more in all of us. If we could just get that, hey, I might, I might have had some success or some failure or some pain in the past, but I have not arrived yet. I still have a vision of the goal. I still, I, I, I have, I, I'm, I'm still in motion. I'm still in movement. I just want to read this verse, famous story. It's Joshua and Caleb. And you know the story when they're about 40 years old and they go into the promised land, come back, report to Moses. The other spies say, we can't do it. They look like grasshoppers. We look like grasshoppers in their eyes. We're small. And then Joshua and Caleb say, we should, we should surely do it. Well, then years later, you've got this story where Caleb talks and he's an old man. Listen to what he says. So here I am today, 85 years old. All right, so it's been 45 years so here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. <laughs> I'm still a warrior. <laughs> 85, <laughs> you know, come on, let's go. I mean, you could just see the 85-year-old crazy Braveheart man, you know, like. <laughs> Here's what I want you to see. I haven't arrived. I got, I, <laughs> I still got some fight left in me. Not a song. Anyway. I, it's in here. I, I, I haven't arrived. I, I got a vision. I want to be like Christ. That's my vision. I want to accomplish what he's called me to. I press on. And I just love that. I love the idea of I'm not going to quit. I love the idea of all the way to the end, I'm going to finish the race. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to press on. I think one of the people that embody this is Bill McCartney. Bill McCartney in 1990, he won the national championship with the Colorado Buffaloes. And he was, whoo I mean, you could coast for a long time after you win a national championship in college football. You could, be, you could be like, I have arrived. I'm done, 50 years old, won it all, let's go. But then this bizarre thing happens in the 1990s where this Christian head coach decides to try to fill U.S. stadiums with men worshiping God. And in his 50s, he just gets a vision and he's like, I have not, I, I, may, I may have just won the national championship and had all the spotlights of America on me, but I'm gonna stand before Christ one day. And he's like, I press on. Let's take some more risks.
We're not, not, not done yet. There's more to go. 750,000 men gathered in 1997 at the mall in Washington, D.C. because a head coach said, I ain't, I'm not gonna coast on in. I'm gonna press on. I wanna invite you. I want you to ask the question, am I coasting? Am I on cruise control? Is there something that Christ took hold of me for that I am not taking hold of? Is there more people to reach? Is there a city that needs Jesus? Are there kids that need discipled? Is there nations that need the gospel? Is there prayer movements that need to be started? God, God, you took hold of me when I was lost and broken and you put me back together and you took hold of me. Okay, give me that, that holy discontentment. We're, we're content with things, but we're discontent when it comes to the spiritual things he has for us. So man, I'm content with what you've got. Man, my, I'm, I'm thankful for my stuff, but I've got discontentment when it comes to where things are at. I wanna press on spiritually. I wanna I, I want have spiritual hunger. Then Paul, second thing I see is this, this whole language of, of the past. He says, I don't look back. And I would just wanna encourage you with this, forget your past. And I'm not talking about amnesia, like forget it but you don't allow it to dictate your future. So, so I allow it to educate me, but I don't allow it to devastate me. So I learn from the past. I, 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 it, it informs me, but it doesn't deform me. I, I, I know what happened, but so I'm not saying that you don't know what happened, but, but it doesn't control you. So like with Paul, he could easily say, hey, I've been so successful. He just listed in Philippians 3 all, so many spiritual successes. He could just be like, cruise, coast. But you don't allow your past success to be your justification for why you don't press now. And you don't let your past failure. Oh, Paul would say, I, uh, I used to kill Christians. <laughs> Pretty big problem on your resume. I'm justified to just, peace, check out. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not qualified. No, it's not your past success. It's not your past failure. Whether you were awful or whether you were awesome, your past does not dictate your future. I press on. I look forward. I look towards what God has for me. I'm pressing on. And so I think one of the things that we do the most is in addition to our failure or our success in the past, our wounds and we've got a reason why though we're called to run the race and Paul calls it a race we're sitting on the sidelines or we've just pulled back to a casual jog you want to know why because I've been wounded because I am a wounded runner somebody wounded me somebody hurt me and if you just knew what they did to me you too would think I'm justified to not run and press on. If you just understood how bad so-and-so hurt me, if you just, if you, and I, God understands. One day, he knows. I've been so hurt. Here's what I want to invite you to. I want to invite you to practice forgiveness for the sake of your calling. Because boldness, destiny, calling is not about you. 
It's about them. But for them to be reached, you gotta be running fast. For you to accomplish what God has for you, you can't quit. And I don't mean just quit on Christ. I mean quit on calling. I mean those people that God has called you to reach. Boy, sure would be great if you were running full steam. I think my favorite illustration of this is Joseph. Because here's Joseph. And if anybody got hosed, it was Joseph. Right? Imagine brothers are jealous and brothers throw me in a pit and send me off as a slave to Egypt. You talk about hurt. Huh, I'd have a brother wound. Then I end up in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife lies about me and I go to prison in Egypt. There's another wound. I mean, Gary Smalley book coming. I mean, like hard, challenging situation. Then I'm in prison and the cupbearer is supposed to remember me to Pharaoh. And the scripture says in Genesis, he forgot him. He just forgot him. So he's been betrayed, lied about, and forgotten. And then he becomes the vice Pharaoh. He becomes the number two most powerful person in Egypt. If that were you and me living in America today, we would go on the revenge tour. <laughs> oh yeah? Where's those brothers at? Mm-hmm. You sold me into slavery? Mm, you're going to pay. Where's Potiphar's wife at anyway? She's going to have some issues with me. I'm going to demote that cupbearer. Where is that guy at? He's pff, whine to the Pharaoh. He's going to be pff, out in suburbia trying to get a job. You know, like I'm going to get rid of him. Okay. But in Joseph, we read in his story, he is so resolute to forgive. He actually names his son Manasseh, which means to forgive. Like, I'm gonna name my son forgiveness because I'm not going to let the wounds of yesteryear destroy me from pressing on towards my calling. Here's the reality. A part of you pressing ahead, a part of you I press on is not looking back, not allowing the success, the failure, the wounds keep you from pressing on. The last thing is this, he says this one thing. And I just love that phrase because it's such a biblical term, right? It's that moment where we find it, Mary, Jesus says, Mary. He says to Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the one thing, the one thing that matters. You find it with David, that famous Psalm 27, 4. This one thing I ask, this is what I seek. You find it with the blind man, right? He says, one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. It's a common term in the scriptures to mean this is, it's focused. It's just this one thing. It's just narrow. It's, this is it. This one thing I ask. I know one thing. I was blind, but now I see. Mary has chosen the one thing that matters. Jesus said it. One thing you lack to the rich young ruler. Go back, sell all you have, and then come follow me. Here's the one thing. It's this focus. It's this one thing. It's a biblical term used over and over again, and it's this idea, stay focused. And Paul says it right here. He goes, this one thing I do. Forgetting what's behind me. I press on. And my prayer for you is that you would focus. Okay, God, I want to 
I want to press on. I want to fulfill the calling that you have on my life. All right. Forget the past. All right. I'm not content with where I'm at. I've got holy discontentment in here. I want to stand before Jesus one day, and I want to finish the race. I want to win the prize for which he calls me heavenward. Amen? Let's stand to our feet and pray together. Jesus, we as Radiant Church, we ask that you would help us, God. Help us not to quit. Help us to press on. God, we want the fullness of what you have for us, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for my friends. I thank you for the willing hearts in this room. I pray, Lord God, you would strengthen them. I pray, Lord, that they would experience, even today, your smile on their lives, your love for them. And Lord, that this race that we're in, God, that we would press ahead. We would not quit. We can go through some days where it's awesome, some days where it's so hard. We would press on. God, we want to stand before you one day. And we want to have taken hold. And I want to take hold of what you had for me. I want to take hold of it. Whatever that calling looks like, that lifestyle that looks like Christ, that expression that you've got for me, we want to live it. And we give you our lives today. Do a fresh work in every person. Would you just take a, a moment between you and God and we just say, God, here's where I think I've quit and I'm calling. bend my life around Christ again. God, I don't want to quit. I press on. I press on. If you're here today and you want to begin a journey with Jesus, maybe you've been close to him at one point but you find yourself far today. Maybe you've never even made a choice for Christ before. This is new to you. But if today you want to follow Jesus, I just want to invite you just to stay in your seat and repeat this prayer, but just between you and God. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for sending your son. Everybody said amen.
If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.